the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends, and welcome to this live stream service. Coming to you from the historic sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. It's certainly a delight to be to be together worshiping, even though I can't see most of you. Yet I know that you love the Lord and you're special to him. And we are here to uh, simply lift him up and to uh, celebrate his goodness to us and his uh, sacrifice for us on Calvary's cross. The title of the message today is Justification by Faith. Today is the 504th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, a a seismic event in history whose consequences are still working themselves out in Europe and across the world. This is um, an area of church history that I'm particularly familiar with and enjoy um, all that it's, it's about. The, it's so important to me that my, my first son, God, allowed him to be born the 31st of October. And I was installed as the pastor of People's Baptist Church on the 31st of October. That was specially chosen because um, of the importance of the Reformation uh, to me as a Reformation scholar. On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther, a German Augustinian monk and university professor, nailed a document known as the 95 Theses to the door of the Catholic Church in Wittenberg, intending to start a theological debate or discussion over the religious practice of selling indulgences by the Catholic Church. Indulgences were certificates that were issued granting those who pay a certain amount of money the remission from purgatory. As a result of the invention of printing, Luther's 95 theses were printed and distributed throughout Germany within a short span of time. 
As tensions escalated, the Pope excommunicated Luther and his followers from the Catholic Church. They were called Protestants because they protested the corruption in the Catholic Church, hoping for internal reform and spiritual renewal. Thus began the revolution known to us today as the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. The question Martin Luther was concerned with was how can a sinner find salvation and gain acceptance with a holy God? The answer to this question may appear very simple to most of us, but to Martin Luther, a 16th century law student at the University of Erfurt in Germany, this was a question his burdened soul wrestled with for many years. Luther had a keen sense of his sinfulness and knew that as a sinner he stood condemned before the divine judge. So how was he to meet the divine requirement of perfect righteousness and thus enter into a proper relationship of acceptance and fellowship with God? In search for an answer, Luther gave up his law studies at the university and entered an Augustinian monastery in 1505 to become a monk. He tried all the prescriptions of the Roman Catholic Church, good works, penance, prayer, fasting, and physical torture, but his soul was still heavy with the burden of his sin. Luther decided to pursue the study of theology, hoping to find an answer, and he graduated with a doctor of theology degree. However, he still had not found peace with God. He was given a teaching appointment at the University of Wittenberg to teach Holy Scripture. And one day, while studying Psalm 22 in preparation for his class, the breakthrough came. The words in Psalm 22 and verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? gripped him with unusual force. Christ forsaken? What could this mean? He said to himself. Christ is without sin. How could he be forsaken by God? It gradually dawned upon him that the only reason Christ was forsaken was that he became one with sinful humanity and took on himself on the cross, the sin and guilt which belong to us. Full deliverance came to Luther two years later in 1515 as he prepared lectures on Paul's epistle to the Romans. Day and night he pondered the meaning of Romans 1.17 until the light broke through to his sinful soul. Romans one. 17 in the New Century Version says, The good news shows how God makes people right with himself, that it begins and ends with faith. As the scripture says, But those who are right with God will live 
by faith. In the King James Version, it says, the just shall live by faith. For the first time in his life, Luther saw that righteousness or being right with God was not the result of good works or tears or prayers or Bible reading or church attendance or the sacraments, but the result of faith in Jesus Christ. And all a sinner had to do was to accept his sacrifice on the cross as a free gift from from God. Immediately, Luther felt relieved of the terrible load of guilt. He was gloriously saved. And Philip Schaff, the great church historian, says, Luther was led out of the dark prison house of self-inflicted penance into the daylight and the fresh air of God's redeeming love. From that day on, the doctrine of justification by faith became for Martin Luther the sum and substance of the gospel and the heart of Christian theology. He sought to bring home to the hearts and consciences of the people of Germany the simple truth that there is forgiveness with God through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is fitting then that we who claim to be the heirs of the Protestant Reformation should revisit its central doctrine, justification by faith. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the, our Lord Jesus Christ. That is from the New International Version. The New Living Translation, second edition, reads, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So let me see if I can break this down. So first, let us look at the meaning of justification because it may not be um, familiar with you. It's a theological term. But the word justification is a legal term which has to do with the declaration or pronouncement of judgment. It means to pronounce someone not guilty. Picture with me a court scene. A prisoner is taken before a court for crimes of which the punishment is death. How do you plead, asks the judge. Guilty or honor. Do you understand that the, that the penalty for these crimes is death? Yes, Your Honor. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the court before sentencing? The prisoner stands speechless. Then to the absolute surprise of the prisoner, the judge declares that someone has already been punished for the same crimes and therefore he can go free. The verdict is not guilty. This is a picture of us before the bar of divine justice. When the Bible says that a person is justified, it means that as far as God is concerned, that person has no debt to pay, no penalty to fear, no condemnation to avoid. He or she is justified, made right in the sight of God. 
And that being so, the sinner is now in a position to enjoy God's favor and is treated as though he, had never, he or she had never sinned before. I'd like you to note, however, that justification is not the same as pardon. It is much more than God forgiving us for our sins. As sinners, we are urgently in need of forgiveness, but we need more than just forgiveness. We need to hear more than the voice which says, you are forgiven. We need to hear, you are welcomed into my presence and fellowship. So let let me um, give you an illustration from, from history. In the 1890s, Captain Alfred Dreyfus of the French Army was charged with treason for having sold military secrets to the Germans over their enemies. He was court-martialed and found guilty. His regiment was paraded and in their presence the marks of rank were torn from his tunic. His sword was taken from his side and cast at his feet. Totally disgraced, he was sentenced to a long term of imprisonment on Devil's Island off the coast of French Guiana. He was there for a number of years when the French novelist Emile Zola, convinced that an injustice had been done, took up a case. After a long discussion in the French press, the Dreyfus case was reopened. He was brought back from Devil's Island and retried. It was proven conclusively that Captain Alfred Dreyfus was innocent and that someone else had sold military secrets to the enemy. But the guilt had to be fastened on someone, and due to the strong anti-Semitic feelings in France at the time, Dreyfus, who was a Jew, was selected to be the fall guy. So in spite of the evidence proving his innocence, Dreyfus was found guilty a second time. But the very next day, the president of France pardoned Dreyfus, but he refused to accept it. He said, I will not accept your pardon. If I am guilty, I am willing to go back to Devil's Island and pay the penalty for my crime. Ultimately, another trial was ordered, and at last, justice was done, and Captain Dreyfus was declared not guilty. He was recommissioned as a captain in the French army in the presence of his regiment. Dreyfus was at last justified, not pardoned, but declared not guilty in the eyes of the law. Now this is what God does when he justifies us. He declares us not guilty of any crimes against him. And so the Apostle Paul, uh, writing in Romans 4.25, gives us the reason. It says, he, Christ, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The New Living Translation uh, says, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right 
with God. So the next point is the basis of this divine act of justification. The question is, how can God pronounce us righteous and not guilty when we know that we are guilty sinners? That is what's amazing about the grace of God. He puts his son Jesus Christ in our place. Jesus took upon himself our nature and uh, came to earth and by a sovereign act of God laid on him the iniquity of all of us. And so Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Christ took our sins and transferred his righteousness to us, so that when God looks on us, he sees us as clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, perfect as though we had never sinned a day in our life. We have been taken into the highest court in eternity, and there we have been cleared through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, during the American Civil War, men were drafted into service. A man in Mercer County, Pennsylvania, was called up to serve. Because of sickness um, at, at home, he asked the administration to allow him to send someone else to take his place. They agreed, and the substitute went in the place of the man who had been drafted. In a short time, the substitute was killed in battle, and the government made note of it. But by some oversight on the part of the the government, the name of the man who was excused was placed in the draft again, and his name was drawn a second time. He went before the authorities and said, You can't draft me. I'm a dead man. Oh, what do you mean? came the reply. And the man said, Look up your records, and you will see that I enlisted, I fought, and died in the person of my substitute. The Lord Jesus Christ is our substitute. He took our place and paid the penalty for our sin. The penalty cannot be exacted twice. So divine justice declares us free from condemnation forever. Paul tells us in Romans 8, 33 and 34, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. 
He is our advocate. And he's there in the Father's side to plead for us when the devil accuses us. But let us move on. Thirdly, the condition of our justification. So the question is, what do we have to do in order to be justified or made right with God? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 28, Paul says, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And the Good News translation puts it like this. It says, For we conclude that a person is put right with God only through faith and not by doing what the law commands. It is through faith that we appropriate the grace of God. Faith can be defined as practical confidence or trust. Justification by faith or through faith means placing genuine practical trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and the acceptance of his righteousness as our very own. So justifying faith means a sure trust and confidence on our part that Christ died for our sins and that he loved us and gave himself for us. And the person who believes this is perfectly and completely accepted by God and given eternal life. What a blessing to us as sinful human beings that we have a God who um, made provision for us to meet his standards by sending his own son to die for us. But number four, let's look at the result of our justification. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Being justified or made right with God through faith, we are forever in a state of peace with God because there cannot be any more demands made against us. All that was against us, Christ took away, for the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Not only are we in a state of peace with God, but we experience peace in our daily lives. The moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we experience a sense of peace in our hearts. There is established within our hearts a sense of harmony between God and ourselves. And uh, if you just look back on the time when you accepted Jesus Christ and the peace that you felt uh, in, your, in your soul made you... Um, step a little bit higher and, and felt that the world was, was um, uh, so wonderful because of what Jesus Christ had done. 
and you were experiencing the peace of God in your, in your soul, in your heart. The peace that comes from God is beyond human understanding or comprehension. It literally baffles our mind and intelligence because of how it prevails even in the midst of hardship, suffering, adversity, and even death itself. This peace has a calming and comforting effect on those who put their trust and confidence in God, no matter what their circumstances may be. It's a peace that difficulties cannot disturb, that obstacles cannot overcome, that fear cannot frustrate. It's a peace that can relax our nerves, that can dissolve our doubts, that can calm our emotions, and which can provide a song in the darkest of nights. It's a peace that can relax our nerves, can can strengthen our faith. It's a peace that can dry our tears, can lighten our, our load, and can abundantly bless our hearts. Or oh, it enables us to survive conflict and settle differences, to conquer fear and doubt, and to withstand the storms of life. This peace helps one to face the unfaceable, to bear the unbearable, to endure the unendurable, and to accept the unacceptable. This peace will bring comfort to your soul in times of sorrow and grief. It will add value to your friendships, strength to your testimony, and impart joy to your life. And I'm so glad this morning that one night, 64 years ago, I met the Christ whom Martin Luther met in 1515 and spent his life preaching about. And I can tell you that there is nobody like Jesus. When I'm lonely, he is my company. When I'm weary, he's my rest. When I'm sad, he's my joy. When I'm weak, he's my strength. When I'm afraid, he's my assurance. When I'm insecure, he's my confidence. When I'm confused, he's my wisdom. When I'm in danger, he's my protection. When I'm singing, he's my song. When I'm preaching, he's my message. When I'm praying, he's my authority. And when I'm worshiping, he's my Lord and my God. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. 
And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.